listening to the Sit Down Standout Show, the podcast where people with all abilities and challenges can stand out from the rest, even if they've got to sit down to do it. I'm Ben and Dykstra, the Rolling Dragon, and it's time for this show to take flight. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Sit Down Standout Show, the podcast that gives people with all abilities and challenges a chance to stand out from the rest, even if you have to sit down to do it. I am Ben and Dykstra, the Rolling Dragon, and with me here today is someone who is quite creative in more ways than one. She is an author, a content creator, and a woman of many voices. Ladies and gentlemen, the legend continues with Zelda Black. Zelda, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's a pleasure. So. You have been a voiceover artist for the last couple of years, and I've listened to your audition, which was great, by the way. And you've been trying to break out as a voiceover artist for a little while now. But can you kind of explain how it all started? How did you fall in love with the industry? Yeah, um, so it was pretty much something that I've always kind of wanted to do, but it was in like the back of my head, you know, like it wasn't a quote unquote realistic job. So I always used to try and stray away from it but I was I used to work for Disney and I did the Disney college program so uh but I did it in 2020 which was the pandemic I kind of did that because I was originally going to go to college for screenwriting or psychology whichever one at the time that I was doing and I turned it down because I didn't want to do it so I went to the Disney college program because I thought you know I don't know what I want to do with my life and I love Disney so then the pandemic happened and I was unemployed back in my parents' house, you know, the whole world was shut down, so I had no idea what to do. Um, And then I discovered just doing cosplay first. I did cosplay first on TikTok, and I really ended up loving it. And then I thought, well, I always used to do these voices as a kid, so what if I try and incorporate that again? And it started with Azula, and ever since Azula, it just blew up, and here we are. (laughs) Avatar The Last Airbender, excellent show. I've seen almost every episode, I believe. I love it. Yeah. The pandemic. I was actually graduating college at that time, too. So. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Everybody went a little crazy during that time. But I'm I'm wondering, you worked through Disney and uh, COVID-19, the world shuts down, but you're just discovering uh, the voiceover industry as this is going on. But mental health, how what kept you going? during that time period, mental health-wise, because uh, it was more than just toilet paper flying off the shelves. (laughs) Um, Boy, that's that's a great question, because that was a really low point in my life. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And a lot of my friends had at least, like, some direction of what they were gonna do, or half of them, honestly, were, like, married with kids at that point. So, um, I, (laughs) I don't really know, and I feel like, in a way, voiceover like discovering something new and finding a new path voiceover is what kind of kept me going. Right. Finding a new way to express yourself or another way in your case, because you've, uh, you were an author before that, or at least you were working on uh, butterfly words, which was mm-hmm. a collection of poems. And I remember this because how I first was introduced to you was through Jay from the tragedy Academy podcast. Oh yes. And ever since then I was like, this is the kind of chick I would have hung out with in high school. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, butterfly words. I mean, I, geez, 
Oh boy, it's so bad. I don't even know. I think it was like March of 2020 is when I released it. And that was a pain within itself. There actually is a second book in the works, but now I'm really perplexed and torn between do I want to self-publish again or do I want to go through a publisher? So that's where I'm at with being an author right now. <laughs> well, I mean, it worked out the first time. Yeah. <laughs> It was just so much work self-publishing that not a lot of, I mean, I didn't really ask for any advice. I didn't really search out for anything. I just kind of did it. And just because since I ran into it without knowing anything beforehand, I ran into a lot of obstacles, which made the process a lot longer. But now that I know what I know. Right. You have to have that first experience. Otherwise, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but back on to mental health. That was primarily a lot of the theme for your collection of poetry within Butterfly Words. Now, why exactly did you decide to say, I don't know, you, uh, why did you decide to go with the mental health theme, not only in your writing, but you also feel from listening to your audition that the mental health aspect of the acting industry is very important to you. Now, why is that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean... Mental health in general has just always been so important to me because it's been so overlooked in a sense. You know, when somebody's physically ill, you can tell. But with mental illness, it's just it's so sinister that you don't you really don't know with some people. And sometimes you never know until it's too late. And there's still this, you know, it is very talked about in the industry. But at the same time, it's just I've been trying to find ways to talk about it. And it's kind of. Actors sometimes are a little bit afraid to talk about it because then they're kind of they're afraid how the industry is going to perceive them. Oh, like, oh, I have this, but I don't know how the industry is going to perceive me. Will they not want to book me because I have a mental illness? And it's just something that so, so needs to get talked about because you never know until it's too late sometimes. Right, right. People tend to be afraid of something that they're not sure it's going to happen. Whether it happens or not, they're afraid of being blackballed for the idea that they may or may not be able to handle combining mm -hmm. the rigorous schedule with acting and their mental illness. And unfortunately, it's not talked about enough out of fear. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just that it's just that constant fear. And I actually found common ground with you because I am I wouldn't say I'm a professional voiceover artist, but I would say I'm an aspiring one. And I have cerebral palsy. So there is that kind of fear that your disability will be, I don't know, kind of in the way of things. But can you describe what your mental health experience has been like as you've tried to get work in the acting or voiceover industry? Yeah, I feel like especially, you know, with we have everybody's journey is so different. And I feel like a lot of people internally compare a lot. So, you know, like, oh, I've been doing this for this many years, but this person has done this for less and they're further ahead. And it's a lot to stay confident and not have this imposter syndrome, especially since, you know, I'm known as the person that has many voices of other people. It's been hard to kind of stand on my own two feet and say, hey, though I can do voices of other people, I also bring my own unique presence. And I feel like my struggles within the within breaking in the industry have not necessarily been mental health related, just being Related to the fact that I'm mixed raced, I'm half Indian, half white. I thought in your profile, uh, you you wrote that you were uh, South. You wrote that you were Asian in your profile, so I got that a little mixed up. Because in your your 
Oh, yeah, South Asian Indian. Yeah, yeah, I got that a little mixed up because in the audition, you said that you were Native American. And then in the uh, written form, you said that you were uh, Asian at the same time. So I was like, okay, I know she said she's mixed, but I was like, which one? Because I don't want to offend anybody. Oh, yeah, no, no, I am not. I am not Native American. No, no, I'm South Asian and white. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Now that we've got that cleared up. <laughs> Because we're living in a society that is so, unfor well, for better or worse, it's so sensitive that I feel like there needs to be a branch of, I don't know, there needs to be sensitivity training, but there also needs to be a, a way for people to lighten up at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because it's like, you should be able to figure out when it's a joke and when it's not a joke. <laughs> exactly. Now, you have done a lot of different things. You, in school, you like to dress up in kind of Victorian costumes, from what I recall. You've done voiceover. You've written a book. Uh, is there any form of artistic expression that you haven't tried that you would like to try? Hmm. I've always wanted to try graphic design just because I'm a social media manager on the side when I'm not doing voiceover. So um, I feel like if I had that more more of that knowledge that I'd be able to like bring more to the table just with stuff that I do for work. So that's always been something of interest to me, but voiceover is very expensive as is. It's very expensive. So I haven't been able to like save any money for like any graphic design classes or anything. I know. That's why I've been hesitant to take any classes. I I've I've always just kind of gone down the way of like, I don't know, audition and help kind of. <laughs> I uh, tried working with one coach, and he was a reputable coach, like with 20 years of experience. Oh, wow. And uh, he was charging like 100 bucks a visit, and that's not a bad price. I was just like, uh, I don't have a job, so that doesn't really work. Yeah, yeah, I know. Voiceover training can be really, really expensive. Hey, my fellow standouts, it's the Rolling Dragon, Ben and Dykstra, here to ask you a couple of questions as we've reached the halfway point in our program. Has life thrown you a curveball? Have you lived with what many people would consider unfortunate circumstances or unique challenges? How have you turned them around into something positive for yourself and for others? Is it your time to stand out from the rest? Well then, register as a guest at www.rollingdragonmedia.com and get ready to stand out from the rest. And now, for the rest of our story. Yeah, I think that's one of the few downsides of the industry. Now, I remember you mentioning that you would encounter issues of people saying that you were either too ethnic or not ethnic enough. Where do you think that, because to me it just sounds so ridiculous, where the heck does that come from? The shorter question is where the heck does that not come from? <laughs> Um, a lot. I mean, and mind you, everybody that's told me this is white. So I have never had any like Indian person say, oh, you're you're not Indian enough or you're too, you know, never. A lot of people just look at me and they don't know what ethnicity I am. And since I, you know, you would look at my name, Zelda Diana Black, and you wouldn't really you wouldn't know what I am. So people a lot of like other voice actors and other people have been trying to tell me to make myself too Indian, like change my name and then like wear a sari and then wear a bindi every time and do an accent 24-7 when that's not necessarily me. So a lot of people have been saying, you know, like if you're, you'll get hired 
because you're diverse, not because you have talent, because you're diverse. So if it's your when it really isn't what the issue is, is that people are for wanting a certain type of diversity. Yeah, the fault of anyone that works in Hollywood is pretty much we want a certain look. We don't we'll find out the skill mm-hmm. as we go along, which to me is just weird. Like, I think Chad Chadwick Boseman is the perfect example of someone who look wise was born to play the the Black Panther. But then with his performance, knocked it out of the park. But then you have to realize also that it's just a look. You can adjust the look with, look at all this technology we've got, CGI. You don't necessarily have to worry about ethnicity so much as getting an aesthetic look. You pretty much just have to figure out, okay, does this actor have the talent? Does this actor have the passion? And then go along with it. And it's really up to both. Like, it's really up to the performer to deliver. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, you know, it was growing up. I faced a lot of racism for being Indian. And then I come into this industry and then they tell me to be more Indian. So it's just been, it's been mixed signals and very confusing. Yeah, I can, I can identify with that to a certain extent because it was like, okay, I want to get into the business, but I can't really walk without a walker. So it's like, okay, I can use my voice, but I refuse to be subjected to just being a tree, if that makes sense. Or be yeah. like the old man, because I feel like that's what most people would put you in if, if you were like stuck in the wheelchair. It's like, okay, we'll put a wig on him. He'll be the old guy or somebody that just gets killed in the background. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to. And that's just been hard, too, with. You know, you want to you don't want to get stuck pigeonholed into a stereotype, but you also don't want to not, you know, like I don't want to not voice any South Asian characters. I'd love to give the representation I would have wanted to have as a kid. So like, I want both, you know, I want to play South Asian characters, but I don't want to be shoved in a corner like, my, you know, the stereotype. Right. You want an authentic presentation versus mm-hmm. the stereotype like that. For decades, people of ethnicities have been unfortunately put under the microscope as a stereotype one way or another. Mm -hmm. I think with the way things are going now, it's slowly improving. But one thing I'd like to talk about, because mental health is definitely the key to this episode. When you are done working, when you are free with all your time, how does Zelda Black practice self-care? I love nature. And I used to live in the country, so it was really easy for me to, like, I like taking drives. I'll take a long drive, um, listen to some music. But now I live in L.A., and and those that live in L.A. know that I can't take a relaxing drive. So (laughs) I usually try once a week to go to, like, a park or something, and then I'll just kind of sit somewhere where it's nice and quiet and try and just, just, you know, think about the week and recuperate because I, I'm a big nature person and it's been a big change living in the country all my life to the big city LA. I could totally understand that. I mean, I literally live out in the middle of nowhere in like Halliburton, Ontario, Canada. So it's like cottage country. So it can be mm-hmm, very quiet. Yeah. And then you would drive to Toronto. It's like crazy. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know how anyone could relax in Los Angeles, to be honest, because it's like, it's hard. <laughs> it's like Vegas. They don't sleep. Yeah, they don't. It's just, it's nonstop noise. I mean, thankfully, I'm in a quieter spot, but it's nothing like the country. 
Right. So in your audition, you mentioned going back to your roots and rebranding yourself, or at least you're in the process of trying to rebrand yourself. Can you explain a little bit about what that process is like and why you're doing it? Yeah, I've actually, it's been a while, so I've since decided not to do it. And this brings it back to the whole ethnic question about um, people trying to change who I am. And there is actually quite a few, a lot of people. And it really shocked me the amount of people that were trying to change me. But there was one, there was actually two, there was two friends that were saying, you know, like, this is who you are. You know, if you don't want to change, then you shouldn't have to. So I was originally considering rebranding my last name to sound something more South Asian. But I, in the end, I decided not to because I don't want to change who I am. And I know that there are actresses and actors out there that don't have ethnic sounding names and have made it like. Brian Colt Levy, I am not sure what his ethnicity is. I can't remember off the top of my head. But he just landed a big role as Chainsaw Man. Ray Delisle. You wouldn't know based on her name, but she's literally the most successful one in the industry. Jennifer Hale, she's Inuk, but she, you know, I wouldn't know based on her name. And she's a Guinness World Record holder. So if other people can do it, then I can do it. Right. I love the fact that you are willing to accept, like, this is who I am, and if I want to change, I will. Versus when someone else wants mm-hmm. you to change, it's like, nope. No, I'm good. Because you shouldn't You shouldn't have to. Yeah, exactly. And it's always shame on me, but never shame on the industry, so. <laughs> right. The important thing is that, and this is a lesson that I would like all of anyone who is listening to this to learn, you are only meant to be yourself. Now, it might take you a couple of years to figure that out, Look at me, I'm 24 and I'm still trying to figure it out. But but that's the point of the journey, yeah, my that's friends. Okay. That is the point of life's journey. You fall, you mm-hmm. get back up, and you learn. Yes, and you never change who you are just for other people. Right. And um, that's actually a question I wanted to ask. Um, I don't know if you'd be okay with it or not, but you are a member of the LGBTQ community. And yes. I'm wondering, has that kind of affected your experience in the industry? And if it has or if it hasn't, what advice would you give to someone of a mixed ethnicity or a member of that community wanting to go down a similar path? With my sexuality, I personally have not had any struggles yet. I really only uh, really seen like a few LGBTQ plus roles that I've really applied for. But if I were to give advice to somebody going down the same path as me or wanting to go down the same path, um, I would say know who your real friends are and your real friends are the ones that are never going to ever want you to change or say you're not going to make it unless you change because when you are ethnic, you people are going to ask you to change and just be careful going into the industry. You know, know what you want, know what you want to do and stick with it no matter what. That is a beautiful way to look at things. That is a beautiful thought process. Never change who you are and know that there's always someone out there that really cares about you. It might take you a few failed experiences to find that, but it's there. Mm Mm-hmm. It is there. Now, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap this up? As unfortunately, we come to the end of this excellent interview. Um, I guess that's... That's my final say. I mean, um, just, you know, while the aspiring actors or current actors out there, make sure you check in, you take care of your mental health, you check in with your friends and 
stick to being yourself. And with that note, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Sit Down Standout Show. I'd like to thank my guest, Zelda Black, for coming on today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the Sit Down Standout Show wherever you get your podcasts. And always remember, it takes physical strength to stand up, but inner strength to stand out from the rest. With that, we will see you next time.